we saw that in the Denver. It wasn't some crazy, huge building that that Mark died in. It was a, a regular building we can probably find in everybody's town. Those firefighters got focused on one way to do this. Strength alone is not going to do it. So it takes uh, technique. It takes firefighters being on the same page. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. From Los Angeles, this is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategy, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. You are listening to the show for and about firefighters. It is great to be back with you. We took a little hiatus to move to Southern California, where there are currently wildland fires aplenty. But today we're talking about the Denver Drill. It's well known, but just in case you need a brush up, here it is. In 1992, a veteran Denver, Colorado firefighter named Mark Langvart was on the second floor of a commercial building on fire. He was doing a search, but became separated from his partner. He couldn't find his way back out and ended up trying to escape through a window. But the space he had to get out of was a small storage room, and the windowsill was about chest high. Even though he was located and RIT teams reached him with ladders pretty quickly, it took nearly an hour to extricate him. Mark Langvart died from carbon monoxide poisoning. Since then, tactics to rescue firefighters from similar situations have been developed. Here to explain the Denver drill and why it's important today is Tony Carroll. He's a battalion chief with the District of Columbia Fire and EMS Department. And Tony Carroll joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. It's good to have you. So we just explained the history of the Denver Drill and the situation that brought it to the forefront. But that was a long time ago. What made an unusual situation then? Back then, the Denver Fire Department was focused on one way. I think, you know, they, they got caught up in, it, it was it was a simple, it should have been a simple maneuver, right? Jump in the window. He's right by a window. We can lift him up and pull him out. So I think they got, they got focused on that. You know, and now, of course, we think about, we have kind of built into our plans what happens if a firefighter gets trapped. So we send additional resources, right? Uh, we send enough people for a rapid intervention team or uh, the IRIC or what have you. We send that anticipation uh, of having a crew available and fresh to do the rescue. Back then, right, in uh, Denver's um, scenario there, they, they had people, they, they, it was right there. You know, I think that we could all kind of look at it and think, yeah, you should be able to pick them up and put them out. But they, they weren't able to. And was that the problem, the fact that they kept looking at it like we should just be able to lift them up? Why is this so difficult? Yeah, of course, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. Always. Um, if, if we put ourselves in their shoes and think about, you know, being there at that moment, yeah, it, it seems we can, we can just do, do it right here. 
now, of course, you know, we're, with rapid intervention and, and those ideas on our mind, we kind of go into it thinking, all right, let's have a plan A, let's have a plan B, maybe even have a plan C in case a firefighter was to get trapped in that room. Now, I've heard guys say how hard it is to pull off this rescue and training scenario. Strength alone isn't going to do it. So what's the key? Yeah, you're right. Strength alone is not going to do it. So it takes uh, technique. It takes firefighters being on the same page, saying the same words, kind of thinking the same ideas. And you don't have to have uh, brute strength to do it if you're all working on the same technique and kind of the same mindset. I think that that's part of the Denver drill. It's a very specific scenario there. And we may never find a firefighter trap like that again. But we're working together. We're, again, we're kind of speaking the same language and we're able to, to work together as a team to rescue someone. What is it that made this situation so counterintuitive that you can't just pull him out? Yeah, I, I think we don't necessarily realize how big we are, how the SCBA, our turnout gear, everything kind of works against us in a confined space scenario, right? It increases our clearance size and we kind of forget about the big tank being on our back. So it's almost physically impossible with the general idea that we're going to pick them up pick and pull them behind us. Also, I mean, that's, that, would be, right, that would be the, the idea that I had when I first thought, when I first saw this, this drill years ago, was we'll just pick them up and pull them out. But then again, with everything that's going on, you know, you're, you're not able to do that. I think that's what we, we forget about that. We forget about our size, and it just it, it doesn't, doesn't seem to work very well. I'll be back with more right after this. Don't miss your chance to get your hands on the hottest logo wear around. Code Free Podcast Gear makes you look good and tells the world you're a fan. Now you can wear the Code 3 logo proudly. Just go to our website, Code3Podcast.com. Click the banner and you'll be able to order an assortment of cool apparel and accessories. And thanks for supporting the podcast that supports firefighters. How frequently should we be drilling on this technique, given how infrequently it's needed? It's funny you ask that. Over the years, I've kind of been, not soured, but thought that, you know, why do we keep training on this this scenario? It doesn't seem like it'll happen again. And then ironically, this kind of same scenario happened at Worcester last year, firefighter Roy and his demise there. And so I think that it's something we need to keep we need to keep in our Mayday training, in our firefighter survival training, the Denver drill. Again, it, it's it's a scenario that can happen. It has happened again, and we we should we should continue to, add, to to train on it. Has there been a move away from this training because it isn't used much? Are there some departments that are just saying it's not worth their time? I, I think it has become a part of our basic training. Firefighter survival, Mayday training has become part of our of our basic stuff. We saw a recent uh, NFPA standard come out that kind of talks about uh, what kind of training we need for rapid intervention. So, so I think that it's it's there. It's a forefront. It's going to be part of our training. Are there departments out there that maybe don't train on it enough? Absolutely. I've I've been pushing uh, the Mayday Monday idea, and my my premise there is that. You know, reserve one of your days that you work to train on firefighter survival, whether it be personal skills or uh, rapid intervention rescue skills, 
So uh, it needs to be part of our training. You know, yes, there's a lot of stuff that we have to train on and we don't have enough days in the week to, to train on everything, but it needs to be something that we continue to bring up with our members. I, I hope that there is a department out there that says we don't need it because we are, we still have firefighters going in and with close calls. We have a uh, line of duty desks. We're still going in, we're still going into burning buildings. And with that in mind, we should have some survival skills and rescue skills for firefighters. You know, you mentioned May Day Monday. Do you feel that there's still a need to keep reminding people to do May Day or rescue training? Is is that dropped off the radar for some folks? I think maybe it has. I'm going to do my part to to keep it to keep it going to keep the idea out there. Again, there's so many things that we have to train on. We have to make sure that our firefighters have these basic skills, whether it's personal survival skills, you know, entanglement, wearing your gear, SCBA familiarization, SCBA intimacy, if you will, and then also the firefighter rescue skills. Again, we are still having firefighters go inside of burning buildings. And with that, with that scenario, there's going to be chances where a firefighter can get trapped or get lost. So with that, we have to make sure we have these skills and we we continue to practice on them. My idea, just, you know, do it on Mondays, practice on Mondays. What do you think is the single most important lesson we're going to learn from the Denver tragedy? I think that one is uh, to have a plan. As a rapid intervention team, uh, if you're given that assignment, you know, take take it seriously. We saw that in the Denver. It wasn't some crazy, huge building that that Mark died in. It was a, a regular building we could probably find in everybody's town. Those firefighters got focused on one way to do this. And if you're the rapid intervention team, sit back and what if the fire? What if a person gets trapped here? What's my plan A? What's my plan B? What's my plan C? But and that's, I think, what's our biggest takeaway is we need to be prepared for this scenario to happen. And then when it does... What are my different options? What are my plans to remove someone? Okay, Tony, Carol, thanks for being with me on Code 3 today. Awesome. Thank you very much. And we put some more information about the Denver Drill, including some video, on our website at Code3Podcast.com slash Denver. Check it out. Please don't forget that you can support this podcast by making a monthly pledge. If you get something out of Code 3, you're able to help keep it going. Head over to Code3Podcast.com slash support to join the people who are already backing the show. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's topic, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.